Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good afternoon, everybody. How is it? Well, it's kind of evening for some people. How is everybody? I can hear you. I really can hear you. Use my psychic abilities and reach out. I can hear you. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state of California. And that means that if you have a paranormal problem or issue or you think you do, that we can get to you because we are within an hour to two hour drive, drive away from you depending where you're located. So if you need help, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on our website here at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com or our, our other website, which is going to be back. My website's down right now for refurbishment, but that's going to be back the next couple of weeks here. Check us out over there, or you can check us out, you know, anywhere. You can check us out on Twitter. You can check us out on, uh, like I said, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, TikTok, because we're over there as well. And actually Twitch. We're on Twitch, too. And speaking of that, if you're watching tonight and you like what you hear and you like the show, please, please, please follow us uh, over at uh, Facebook. Just hit that follow button and I would really appreciate it. Or maybe you want to check us out on Instagram, follow us over there because I'm looking for more followers. But that isn't under California Haunts. That is under Ghosty Gal. That would be me, Ghosty Gal. So uh, check us out over there. I'm just looking at something here. Okay, yeah, I got green lights. Just checking the internet. There's a lot going on, so I see the internet thing coming up on the side there so hopefully there won't be any issues tonight uh like i always warn everybody ahead of time um everybody in this neighborhood has xfinity so when something big happens or there's a lot of news going on everybody and their brother gets home from work and they they get online or they're watching you know they've cut the cord on tv and so they're watching their xfinity so it tends to have some issues once in a while so i'm just giving a heads up today because i can see the thing off to the off to the left of me Again, uh, if you're watching from YouTube, there's a little ghost in the bottom right-hand corner with a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes head on. He's a little tiny. You can't see the hat, really. But click on that, and that is our subscribe button. We have more than 450 videos sitting over there, all different topics. Uh, we do handle paranormal. You know, we, we do talk about paranormal stuff, but I'm also, for the people that don't know me, I'm also a journalist, photojournalist. So I like to mix it up and talk about news items. And so, like, last night now, I had the night off, but uh, we were talking about the fentanyl crisis. And I had uh, interviewed um, a gentleman who went undercover in the fentanyl dens, you know, the factories where, where they were making fentanyl. So it was kind of a different story, uh, you know, a, a different topic for the show. But now, tonight, we're back on track with Michelle Zirkel. I hope I said her name right, because I'm terrible with names. Always happen. I should be a school teacher. Remember, sitting there in, in the classroom, and they go through your name, you know? Mine is a K-O-S-A, right? So it's CASA. I got, I got all these variations when it was actually COSA. You know, I used to stand there and go, but, you know, it's, it's, it's this, you know. So I know how irritating it is to have your name mispronounced, but I am horrible with names. I always have been. Anyway, I want to welcome you guys for the people, my, my, my regulars, and for the new people listening. Uh, I'm excited to have you. Welcome. Um, we're a big family here. I've been on the air about three and a half, almost, uh, almost three and a half years, and, uh, Actually, I've been on longer because I was on Blog Talk Radio for 10 years. And we just, within the last three years, switched formats to doing it live like this. And I'm camera shy, so it took me a while to get used to being up here and talking to you guys like this. But anyway, um, I have something in common with Michelle. I, I grew up in a haunted house. Not quite as, uh, you know, as, as interesting as her haunted house. Mine is mainly uh, relatives are here. But as a ghost hunter... And a sensitive, I get attachments like anybody else, and they tend to follow me home. Okay, I've had stuff follow me home here. And that's what makes it interesting is I've been in this house so long that I could tell which ghosts don't or which spirits or whatever comes with me doesn't belong here. I know which ones are which. And so I have to deal with getting with getting them out of here because you know sometimes they're okay they'll leave after a couple days but sometimes you get ones that just don't want to go they like your energy or whatever and they just want to stick to you and stick like glue and those are the ones i have to deal with 
but I can always tell when it's not one that's in the, that's from this house or my yard or whatever, because I have a consistent bunch coming through and I know who they are. Anyway, Michelle's story is interesting and she has a book out and um, I was able to read half the book. I got through half of it because I've ended up having to have a bunch of appointments this week, but I appreciate her sending the book. I wanted to finish it. It's an excellent book. I love the way it reads. It's, it's nice and it's entertaining. It's not like a typical, I lived in this haunted house and this is what we went through kind of book. You know, we ended up running out the door with our dog kind of thing. That's not what it is. It's a very entertaining book that she's written. And so we're going to talk about it because the book is based on her her experiences in her house. All right. Well, let me bring her in if she can kind of talk about it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I like what you're saying. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I do. You're talking about, you know, some people's haunted houses may be more interesting than others. And I, I think I would say I would re rebut that because I think whatever haunted house you are in that's haunted is interesting and it's what you need. <laughs> right. So or I don't think anyone is. Yeah. Because it's your situation. But I mean, as a paranormal investigator, you know, like with me, my house is like, like wimpy compared to a lot of the places I've been to, you know, to help people. My house is nothing or your house. I mean, your house. <laughs> I'm sure you mine know. was nothing compared to some people's, but it, it was what I needed. Well, let's talk about that. Tell me first, tell me about you and we'll start from there. Okay. So I have taught high school for about over 20 years, 23 years in West Virginia. And in the book, I changed the names and the locations because it is a very personal book, even though it is paranormal and based on a true story. Mm -hmm. So, but the, the area I taught high school in was Point Pleasant, which is Mothman country. So right. that's, that was pretty interesting that the, the events happened, you know, fairly close to there, mm -hmm. but I taught high school and I was married to a police officer and had two boys and was living a normal life with what I would say, baseball games and birthday parties. And then this bizarre experience happened that changed my life. And do you know why it happened? Did you ever find out why? I didn't realize at the time, but I do have the insight now that the reason that that happened to me is because I prayed very earnestly for change in my life. Mm -hmm. So be careful what you wish for. <laughs> because, but it was actually, it was a good thing. The changes were necessary to everyone uh -huh. involves happiness. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Then you, you, um, let's get, let's get right into the meat and potatoes of this thing. What, you know, why, I mean, there's gotta be a reason. And I, I read this of course. So, you know, mm -hmm. but they haven't. So let's just, you know, get, get rolling. Why were you praying, you know, for, for, for help in the first place? And then when did you notice things start to happen? <laughs> so I, that is a very good point because most people don't consider prayer being a part of paranormal experiences. Right. I definitely didn't pray for a, what I would say, paranormal experience per se, mm -hmm. but I did pray very earnestly for change in my life with my okay. relationship with my husband. And about three days later, after this prayer that I prayed in the shower for God to prove to me, he was real. I had, we had water spraying in our house. It started with a drop in the ceiling in the middle of the hallway upstairs. Mm -hmm. um, first, we thought the kids might be joking around, playing around. But my oldest one came downstairs. He was 12 at the time. They were mm -hmm. 12 and 7. And the oldest one came down and said, Mom, water dripped on my head. And he's touching his head. And I said, well, what'd you do? Have water in your hands? You know, so that's how just completely, um, you know, it started just very, uh, it wasn't over the top. It wasn't crazy knives flying through the house and, and witches on brooms, you know, mm -hmm. but over the course of the evening, it led from that to actually water hitting the front door with such force that it, if you didn't know better, you would think there was a, a water hose that was in, had been upstairs and had shot the front door, mm -hmm. like completely on jet stream. And my husband and I were sitting watching TV and we saw the water hit the front door. We, there's a wall in front of us that we were watching TV on. So we couldn't see where it came from. We knew it came from upstairs. So that's how it started. 
And of course, he jumps up. What are you boys doing? You know, typical, you know, response, of course, to. Um, but my boys were, I, I guess, typical boys ornery, but they weren't crazy. <laughs> so right. they, they were going to do like, I mean, they, they didn't throw water in the house. And then they, but uh, of course, we realized, you know, very soon after that, it it couldn't be them. It would happen when they weren't around. It would happen when they weren't home. Um, we had a lot of people through our house over a period of two weeks while we were trying to find this, what I would say, water leak, uh, which made no sense whatsoever. It mm-hmm. would spray past you. You would you would see water hit the wall. You would turn around, and the wall was completely intact, just like this one behind me. No, no busted water pipe. No crazy anything. No shadow even. Um, and that, and you're just like, what in the world is going on? Mm-hmm. And I grew up Pentecostal, so there's a, there's a backstory to that because I I grew up with the idea of, okay, there's spirits, there's a spirit world, there's prayer. Right. And I think that's where that, that earnestness came in for me, but I did not expect (laughs) the answer that I got to that prayer. Um, and I didn't realize that that was the answer at the time we looked for two weeks for this water leak and it it just, it, we couldn't figure it out. We had experts coming through the house. We had, uh, we had, heating and cooling people coming to the house looking for quote condensation mm-hmm. which makes no sense condensation doesn't spray like that we had about 70 people through our house and, and some of those were neighbors some were friends family we lived in a small town so everyone knew us and um we weren't the adams family <laughs> until this happened um and I, i'm laughing because some of it is funny and humor helped me through that i have i guess a, a good sense of humor Um, I've had people ask me, were you scared? There were times that I, that, that there was fear involved, but it wasn't over the top every day. This Mm -hmm. happened over a period of time. So for around two weeks before I realized that, and I say realized, meaning I had an, actually, I heard a voice tell me while I was on planning, I was on planning period at school that there wasn't anything I could do. This this knowledge was imprinted on my head that this was a spirit and I barely made it back to my chair at my desk. I had no idea. Like it didn't cross my mind for two weeks. Now I would know right away. But at that time, that wasn't the first thing I thought was, Oh my gosh, you know, there's just, there's some paranormal stuff going on in the house. We really did not know that. Right. And so when you first, you know, when this was all happening, like you say, you didn't know it was apparent. It was paranormal. Once you realized it was paranormal, what started happening? Well, first I had to tell my husband and I thought, Oh my gosh, he's really going to think I'm crazy because the situation between us was already where it was, I will say verbally abusive. It was, we had a lot of um, misunderstandings. We, we didn't treat each other with respect uh, in many ways. And so because of that, I, I realized I, I've got to be, very careful about how I bring this up. Um, he wasn't going to be receptive to that. And I knew that, but I did tell him. And after, um, after talking to him and getting some input input from some other folks in the community that of course, everyone knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, we, I, it was presented to me to possibly get a hold of the priest because I had went to my preacher, the preacher who had married us that was over across the river in Ohio and he actually in, informed me that I needed to, to contact a priest. So I did. And this priest was a cradle Catholic, very, very nice gentleman who had dealt with something, let's say similar before he had to get permission from the diocese to come and do a house exorcism. And first he, he decided to bless the house. He came and did that. And I will say it, it took the edge off. It, it felt better after he blessed it a little bit because you could feel electric in the air. I mean, I, I didn't even realize what I was doing at the time was I was sensing this energy, but that's what I was doing. And that's what other people were doing too that came. But I was, I was feeling this. And after he would bless the house, I, I do think that there, it, it lessened in the intensity of how often we would hear the splats in the water mm-hmm. because it wasn't in one room. It was in many rooms every room on the first floor, um, sometimes in the basement. 
uh, and the upstairs, it would be in the closet. So it just really, there was very random, but it was all over the house. And after this went on for that period of time, he came and blessed the house twice because he was very conservative. He didn't want to jump to the conclusion that he needed to do anything mm -hmm. else, but he did. So he came and um, he did do, he got permission from the diocese to do a house exorcism. And he came and did that with the consecrated body of Christ with him. And that is what caused it to leave. We heard one last flat in the hallway upstairs. Uh, we were standing in my youngest son's room and we, we had the door open and we, we saw the water splat, like go back up into the ceiling. Like someone took a water balloon uh -huh. and just threw it to the ceiling. Um, and one point uh, my sister was over and several other people, and we were walking up the stairs before this exorcism, of course. Uh -huh. And, as we walked up the stairs, what water just like, we actually saw it for the first time from the air. It just, it didn't come from anywhere like an outside source. Okay. That we visibly could see it, I guess was at the quantum level, but it was so small that it, it came from the air and it was like an invisible water balloon and it just shot right. And it, it soaked my, my sister's pants. I've never heard anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was. And and this had went on for, uh, like I said, about at the time that we started the house, the first house blessing was about two weeks, maybe two and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, we had another house blessing and then we had him come back. And there were so many other paranormal things going on at this time. One of the scariest things was I saw a demon in my mirror and that scared me more than anything else has ever scared me, ever. And we, I've had to leave my house because of um, uh, one of the people that my husband at the time had arrested was watching the boys and I. So we had to leave the house. BCI came in. So I've, you know, there's been times that I guess some people would perceive as really unnerving and scary. And I grew up with my father as a police officer. Mm -hmm. uh, my husband's, my, my um, sister's married to a police officer. So I grew up with that uh, around me. My oldest son now is. And mm -hmm. so I, I didn't ever feel scared like I did when I saw that demon in the mirror. It was a whole level of uh, reality that you just don't, you almost can't even fathom. You can't hardly accept it, but it's more real than us being here right now. Was it looking back at you or was it looking from over your shoulder? You know? No, it was actually looking back at me. My face was superimposed over it. I had an out-of-body experience. Wow. I had been asleep. And some people would say, well, how do you know you weren't dreaming? I, I know I wasn't dreaming. Um, anyone who's had experiences like that at night where you maybe let's say we'll use the word astro travel, you mm -hmm. know, astral traveling, or you just had an out of body experience. Um, you know, the difference. It is different. It is very, very different. It's like someone who knows flowers walks in a flower shop mm -hmm. and someone could go over. If you know roses, you can pick out a rose and you can pick out a lily and you know the difference. But you really know the difference when you can pick out a certain type of rose from all the roses or a certain type of lily from all the lilies. There's all kinds of lilies. You know the difference when you're the one experiencing it. You can feel the difference. And so I know I had an out-of-body experience. Um, there, I was surrounded by a, a white light, like white robes in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I did not see faces. I did not see um, like anything up other than like from, let's say shoulders up, but mm -hmm. I was being forced to look up into my mirror and I knew I was going to have to, I was sitting mm -hmm. on a stool and I was in front of my dresser mirror and I was being told subliminally to look up and I did. And I knew it was going to be the scariest thing I ever had to do, mm -hmm. but I knew I had to do it because I was being forced to without them touching me. And I also knew these beings surrounding me were doing this for my, my greatest good. Right. I was just thinking that. Right. It wasn't, uh, it was, that part wasn't, it was, they weren't scary because they were demonic. They were scary because they were ma basically ma making me face what we all have as an inner shadow. We right. all have the capability to do good or bad. And mm -hmm. I was having to see that in myself. So I looked up and my head was tapered to the left, kind of like a wave like uh -huh. this like a candle would, if you blew it, um, like maybe on a cartoon, I suppose, uh, but very wavy. My face had scars in it. 
deep black scars that looked like my face had been carved out like a pumpkin. And it all happened very quickly. Uh, it was, it was a flash and it was like absolutely the scariest thing I'd ever seen or experienced because that face was my face. So right. I'm looking in the mirror and looking back at me is myself. And it's also this, I don't know what you want to call it, a demon, a shadow, your shadow self. I, there's all kinds of names and everybody's going to look at that differently, right. but whatever you want to call it, that's what I experienced. And instantly I was so scared. I was back in my body on the bed. Like I felt myself like crash back into my body. And as soon as I did that, I woke up and I was like, oh my God. I mean, you know, and I'm telling my husband was, was home that night. He wasn't working. And I woke him up. I'm like, did you just see me get up? Did you hear me get up? And he's like, no, no, you know, what are you doing? And I said, and I just started praying out loud. And I normally didn't do that. That mm -hmm. wasn't something that, you know, some people do pray out loud together. You know, right. we would maybe before dinner or something, but not normally, not like that, not in the middle of the night. Like I was so petrified that I started praying in the middle of the night for protection. And I realized from that point on, I just started realizing I have to speak what we say, speak our truth. I started practicing that that night, speaking my truth, no matter who else believed me. Right. You know, believes you. I just knew I had to do that. It kind of sounds like you were protected during the incident anyway, because the people in the white rope, whoever the white, the, the mm -hmm. white ropes were, they were, I mean, because I think the relationship with you and your husband, I can hear and analyze all this. Um, yes. From, from the ghost hunting perspective, you know, from the years I've been doing this, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and look at it that way, because, because the way your life was going at that time, it was a message to, it was a subliminal message to you to make changes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And make them I did. <laughs> a lot of them. So were there uh, any other paranormal activity after that? There was uh, so much paranormal activity in that book. I called it Rain No Evil because that was the primary source. I yeah, it. I actually was going to call it Wet and Wicked because there's a, there's a lot of... Um, uh, you know, um, I guess adult material, I would say in the book as well. Uh -huh. But I woke up one morning and I was, I, I didn't know how guided I was being, but I was being very much guided um, on, and we all are on our journeys here. We just have to recognize it. So I woke up one morning and, and heard rain, no evil. It was very, I mean, I auditorily heard that and I thought, okay, that's, that's what it's called. It's called rain, no evil. So from then on, that's what it was um, in the book. There's, there's many, um, many depictions of, the, of different um, paranormal activities besides the water mm -hmm. uh, and the demon in the mirror. Uh, my youngest son was seeing orbs. That's when I started praying and seeing lights, orbs, auras, um, little, I guess you'd call them. They look to me like lightning bolts. I would see them actually with my naked eye, which that was not a normal thing for me. Um, I remembered as a kid, I would see that I started remembering, like remembering experiences when I was younger, uh -huh. um, that I had had and, and looking into the dark and being able to see all these lights. And so that opened that gift back up for me, um, at the house level. Um, there was like a grim reaper. I walked through one evening, my youngest son, um, who was the one that was seeing, uh -huh. um, and, Actually, in the um, sample, I have a, the audio book is coming out very soon. It's done. It's actually done today, which is so ironic um, that it was it's getting uploaded today. It actually is getting uploaded on Audible. I've wanted to do it on Audible for so long. Uh -huh. This came out in 2016 and it's in screenplay form. I had someone called and, and loved the book, wanted to write the screenplay for me back in 2018. And it won New York Film Festival. Uh, international film festival award uh, in the semifinals and that was just in mm, it was the spring so i'm so excited that it's now going to be available and audible but awesome yes and uh, there's just so there's so there's so much to the story besides um you know just the water uh, right. definitely there were buildings uh the two external buildings that we had on our property that were being broken into by some force, some source. Um, both of the boys saw this being outside the house that was like, they, they described it as like a typical robber, like black, like black all over head to toe. Um, couldn't find him. And this is with a police car in the driveway. Um, 
he had went out, actually, my husband had went out and looked for this person that was supposedly right back there in the backyard um, with the spotlight. And the boys that want, the oldest boy had even chased um, this being, he was never scared. I guess he was supposed to be a police officer because he was always on the, you know, on the run. He wasn't going to let this thing, um, whatever it was, you know, right. take over things. Um, but there's, there is a lot to that. They, they busted, it was busting tires in our garages, in our locked garages. And this happened over a period of time too. Um, first couple times, it was actually like on a Sunday and it was almost like, I mean, maybe it was just a coincidence it was Sunday, but to me at that time, the message was, wow, you know, I'm glad we have two cars because my car tire had been busted. So I had to take my husband's truck um, to, to church that day. And several Sundays, it was like that because it kept happening. Mm -hmm. um, only once did the boy see actually a being with that particular incident with the, the tires being busted. But um, my youngest one night yelled for me, you know, kind of got used to hearing this mom, because <laughs> I thought, oh gosh, what's happening now? Mm -hmm. um, the, the youngest would yell for me, you know, he was in his room, he could see my room, the, the hallway door was, the hallway was um, straight shot to the bathroom, it was like an older home that we'd fixed up, and so we had three bedrooms upstairs, and so no master bath or anything like that, just one full bathroom, and so he yells, and when I came out of my room, I came into his, I didn't know what he was yelling for. And he said, how did you do that? And I said, what? He said, how did you just walk through him? And I, was, well, I don't know what you mean. I didn't see anything. So he described me walking through this dark figure and his eyes are just like, I mean, he's not, he's not kidding. He's not teasing. He's petrified. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, of course I explained, I didn't see it. He said, that wasn't why he had called me in his room. He had called me in his room because he had seen a heartbeat on the wall that he described as a heart beating. And he said he had taken, at this point, we'd had the priest there right. that had blessed the house. We had not had the exorcism yet. And he had given my youngest son a bottle of holy water, a little plastic bottle. And he said, here, you know, just toss this around your room all you want when you see something. We were trying to get him to stay in his room. When you see something scary, spray that water. Mm -hmm. Because he kept sleeping in my oldest son's bedroom. So mm -hmm. he would do that. But when he was doing it that night, he said he took the the holy water out and he was making the sign of the cross and white flakes fell from his fingertips. And he said, he didn't know. He said, it kind of looked like snow, but more like feathers. And he said, mom, what was that? You know, why was that coming? And I didn't know that was the sign of being a seer in any way at that time. I just knew it was strange. I'd never heard of anything like that before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he, in the book, you know, I describe more things with it, but that was the gist of it. He, he was experiencing something and seeing this heartbeat on the wall. And I thought he meant like a heart pumping. Right. Right. And that's not what he meant. I had him draw it. You know, he was, he was seven at the time. So right. I said, what do you mean? And he drew it like a heart monitor at a hospital. He said that to him, he remembered my grandmother being in the hospital and seeing the monitor. And he said, it's like a heartbeat this way. So it was a zigzag heartbeat that came up, it was a circle on the wall and it was this heartbeat and it was like a black heartbeat. And he said, he, when he made the sign of the cross, the feathers fell out of his fingers and it became a cross in that circle that was on the wall instead of the heartbeat. So very just strange things that, you know, I, I know that they're, they're, they're seemingly unrelated at times right. with these things we experience, but they're really not. It's just like our lives. There's all these little dots and synchronicities that we put together. And if we're listening and really pay attention to how things develop around us, we realize there really is a method to the madness. There mm -hmm. really is a reason for all of the things we experience, even if we don't cognitively know what that is. I agree. Now, a question I have is because because you have abilities, but didn't really realize you had abilities. I went through a period like that. I was real sensitive as a young kid, and then it kind of went away. And then as I got into ghost hunting, boom, you know, it, it hit again. Do you think, I mean, did you ever find out about the land your house was on, that maybe there was something there that was just lying in wait for the perfect storm? You know, I, I had had that question actually uh, proposed to me. The people that we bought our house off of actually had lived there uh, up until about a year before we bought it. They lived behind us. 
um, as there now there was a graveyard uh, a lot over from us, but mm-hmm. they had never experienced anything in that house. And the other component of that is that we had lived in the house for eight years approximately before anything like this happened. So mm-hmm. we didn't, in other words, we didn't move into a haunted house. Like we right. move in and boom, day one or day two, or even a week or two later, something right. started like this. That's not what happened. We moved in, we started renovating. We didn't have these encounters. We right. had, we had what I'll say, just some negativity, normal negativity, you know, uh, with all the things and the junk we were bringing into our lives, like we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if we don't know that, and we're not aware to clear that stuff and to clear that bad vibes and, and really live a wholesome life as, as you feel is wholesome for you, then you are bringing in a lot of that bad stuff you don't want to bring in. Yeah, so right. other than that, for eight years, nothing, nothing like this happened. It was only three days after that I prayed that prayer um, that this, that this started. Because you opened so, the doorway. Yes, I, I absolutely did. I opened that portal and I, of course, did not know that it was going to quite happen that way. So I always caution kids, you know, at this time of year and especially high school students there, you tell them you have a ghost story. They'll tell you, you know, all of theirs. And they, a lot of them have a lot of spooky things happening to them. And especially the ones that are messing around with some of these, you know, the Ouija boards and the seances and, and just anything out there that kids are craving and hungry for, I guess you'd say experiences and to know more about themselves in the world that a lot of adults want to too, but the kids have time to delve into this. And the adults a lot of times don't. So I would always caution them after this experience, be careful what you're bringing in. These portals are real. These shows that you're watching, all of these things that you're doing, um, you know, alcohol, sex, things that are opening up these portals really can wreak havoc in your life. Mm-hmm. And in my case, it didn't wreak, it, it did wreak a little havoc, but in a good way for me, because mm-hmm. it, it allowed me to uh, not just expand my gifts and, um, but it allowed me to step into more alignment with what I want to do with my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, with the situation, like I said, you're sensitive. It seems like your son's sensitive. Yes. And my oldest one was too. He would know things like he would know someone was outside And Mm -hmm. I was picking up, like he would run through the house and I would just be right behind him. And he'd say, he's out there. And I just learned that as soon as I got that hit, like I know that there's something going on. And Mm -hmm. we would go out, unlock the garage door and the tire, the air was still coming out of the tire. Like there had, the door was locked. There had not been any, let's say physical person in there. There is Mm -hmm. no possible way for that to have happened. And that, this was not just once. This was probably five to six times. And when you talk about it possibly being a demon, you know, demonic, that makes sense because I've seen a lot of cases, you know, that I, cause I'm always doing research that I've read up on where it will affect the car because they don't want you to leave the house. They, that's where the oppression mm-hmm. thing starts, you know, and they, they want to keep you there. So they will do weird things to your vehicles. I, I can imagine that. Yes. There was a nail in the tire. Um, that was out. That was actually the very, very first incident was there was a nail in the tire and we went out to get in the truck to go somewhere. And it was just, uh, that's right. It was to church. Cause it was the very first one and we couldn't because we had, so we had to take my car, but we couldn't figure out where the, the leak was in the tire. And my youngest, my oldest son had just had this hit. And he said, it's, he said, there's a nail in the tire. And I looked at him and his dad was outside. And this is where I always had to play peacekeeper, even outside this paranormal topic, right? right. Um, I'm like, what do you mean there's a nail in the tire? Did you see a nail in the tire? He said, yeah. And he's just standing there like looking into space at me. And I'm like, wait, how did you see a nail in the tire? We're standing in the house. We're not even in the garage. We're not in front of the truck. He said, I don't know, but I just saw it like in my head, mom. Like he couldn't even explain. He didn't even know what the word, let's say premonition was, or he's 12. And he just didn't know those, those terms. We didn't use those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't say that. He just said, I just saw it like in my head, mom. I don't know. And I said, okay. So we went out, I talked to my husband, tried to tell him he, he didn't want to hear about it. He's like, so you move the damn car then if you believe that there's, there's a nail in the tire. And I was like, well, it's not going to hurt anything to look. So 
I backed it up just enough and I'll be damned. There was a nail in the tire. It was where the, the tire was meeting the concrete. And that's why we didn't see it. How we picked it up. I have no idea. We had been somewhere the day before, but it's just the idea that, that my oldest was seeing these flashes right. of, of knowingness about many, many things at the at that time. Well, like I said, you know, the, the, those accounts that, that I've read and, and it, like, you know, we look at demonic um, you know, stuff going on in people's houses. Part of that oppression, you, they don't want you to leave. They want to control you in the house. And one of the, like I said, a couple of times, there were these two girls that were using a Ouija board. I can't remember the case, but they were using a Ouija board and they couldn't figure out why the cars were always being damaged to where they couldn't drive them. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out they, they were, they had called in something demonic inadvertently. That's right. Right. I can, I can absolutely believe that. Yes. And you know, I, I, I ended up going to an energy healer who, who helped me tremendously. Um, That was part of the book because Mm -hmm. it was, it was just critical at this time in my life. I was searching for what in the world's going on and Mm -hmm. how can I fix this relationship and how can I stay sane and, and, you know, regain some of my, I guess, uh, self-confidence and, and my passion for life. Mm-hmm. And I went to her, I'd been referred to her a year before that didn't go. And I, I went when all of this started happening and I had a seizure on her table wow. because the energy was so intense. And I heard voices there. I heard them saying, you shouldn't have come. I told you, you shouldn't have come. I could not see them, but I heard them. And I yep. just thought when I was, I was feeling really woozy just seconds before hearing that, but I just thought it was part of the process. I didn't know because I'd never been to an energy healer before. So I had no idea that, that that was not supposed to happen. Right. <laughs> you know, right. that my, that I wasn't supposed to get quite that okay. dizzy and, and out of balance. But um, fortunately I had a, a very dear soul who had done this for a very long time and been, she was very experienced and able to help me. And I stayed um, with her life coaching and became very interested in helping others to pass that forward. So mm-hmm. I started doing, you know, some of the energy training and healing and um, getting involved in that very actively myself, because I know the power that it had to help me. And mm-hmm. if I, I just felt like if any, if someone could help me in the shape that I feel like I was in at that time, then I, I know that it's, it's real. I mean, it's real. It, it changes. Yes. People can change. They can truly change to the core, not just change their behavior or, you know, change for a few days or gosh, I thought that person really had it together. Right. It's really, I mean, it really is possible to change, but you have to have the right help to do that. Look at that. I keep dropping off to where all the, to, to where all the Mario's go when he falls off the mountains and then it brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You always uh, wonder where all the Mario's are. There's big piles of Mario's somewhere, you know, that's where I we'll keep get the ghostbusters. Forget yeah, Mario. I come back, right? The ghosties are trying to get me. Um, well, you know, when you think about your situation, I, I'm not a psychiatrist. It's not what I do. You know, I'm a ghost hunter. I'm, I'm a newspaper reporter. But after <laughs> having done this for 20, 25 years and being out and talking to people, it, it was almost a perfect storm, really, you know, for you to pray like that because, you you know, you, were getting, you weren't getting along with your husband and whatever mm-hmm. this was was lying in wait. And I, and I mean, it could have been something on the pro. It could have been something attached to the property that was just looking. I know I did a. Uh, property out in uh, Rockland where the young girl they had lived there for years and one of their daughters started to watch ghost hunting shows and she challenged stuff to come to the house mm-hmm. and I can- next thing you know it was demonic right and I do think we had more we, we definitely had more than just one thing going on I mean mm-hmm. this was not just like one let's say one entity um um, my nephew came to the house and he's just one of a couple of other people who actually saw shadows, like mm-hmm. numerous shadows at one time. Like he said, between seven and nine, numerous times, like the chair moving in the room that he didn't want to go in all the time. Right. Um, and all of this was around that period of time, but you know, between the water, um, like poltergeist type of activity, right. the, um, the downstairs bathroom was a half bath. And when my oldest son would go in and flush it, it would hit the ceiling. And that, that started just randomly during this whole, you know, I'd say from start to finish, um, approximately two months, like something about like that. I did keep a journal, but he would flush the commode, the commode in the, the water in the commode would form a funnel 
and it would hit the ceiling. And it only did it when he flushed it. It wouldn't do it when I did it. I tried videoing it. It would go black. It would go completely white. Like sun would come right through the window and not let you do it. The camera wouldn't turn on. I mean, right. we could video something else. It would not allow us to video that. And I, I really wish I would have had that. Um, I, I think that that could have been helpful. I mean, in, in the fact of saying, okay, I guess prove this, but then I really got to the point that I, I didn't really care. I mean, I, I, I'm just sharing this, my experience because, um, yes, I wrote a book, but believe me, it's not because this book has made millions of dollars. I mean, that's fine too. Hey, if that day's coming, that's fine. But I didn't write this for, you know, publicity on, on the fact that this happened to me. Right. I just was so blown over. I actually wrote a short story, um, a very, very short piece for West Virginia writers. And I won honorable mention in 2013. It was called trial by water. And that's how this started off. So I was like, Oh, I got to tell this is really cool. And I read, read it now. And I'm like, Oh gosh, that really wasn't good. But the story was good. And so then I decided, okay, you know what? I really need to tell this. This is about more than the paranormal part. Although mm -hmm. that's a large component, right. it's about more than that. This is about all of these things and how my life changed so dramatically. And I need to share this with people right. and whether they believe it or not, it's, that's not up to me to determine. Just let that, that happen. You know, if I was meant to get a video, then I would have gotten the video. Right. You know, if that was meant to happen, I, I've just learned to trust that if that was meant to be, then, then it would have been that way, but it wasn't. Right. Uh, this is just my story. And, you know, yes, there were people there, many, many people who in the community, then when the book came out, they ran to the library. They're like, oh my God, we've waited so long. We can't believe you actually got this out. And, you know, like I said, we had about 70 people through the house that did experience it. They right. did see it. They, they, a lot of them couldn't explain it. We did have one heating and cooling guy who, um, okay. So we had the heating and cooling people and he had had a haunted house. So he, he was on board. He's like, I think there's something going on here. I mean, the windows were steamed up when you'd pull up to the house. They actually looked like a typical spooky house. They right. were, I mean, you could almost even see shapes in the windows, like the moisture that was, we were running a dehumidifier. We were just, fortunately we had hardwood with just area rugs. So we were able to take towels and just sop it up because it wasn't continually running. As a matter of fact, I called the insurance company and two things about the insurance company. One is they sent out a crew Mm -hmm. And that crew came out and they had a water, um, some kind of device that detects the amount of moisture in the wall. And they set it on the wall and they looked around and they're like, they did it again. And the guy said, mm -hmm. I think you have something paranormal going on here. And I had not even used that word. Wow. And that's when I thought, oh, wow. Okay. The, the, this is something that's more obvious than what I even realized. Right. The other two guys, especially one of them. I don't think he was buying it at all, even though he couldn't figure out the meter. But the one guy that was running the meter, he said there was three guys. That the, there were three guys that the insurance company sent and they had wanted us to turn off the water in the house and the electric and everything. And I'm like, but we're living there. And she said, you're living there. How are you living there? And I said, you don't understand. It's not water. That's like, we're not flooded. It's not water pouring out of the wall. It's spraying from somewhere. She's like, well, if it sprang from somewhere, well, how, what do you mean? So I have to explain all this, you know, right. trying to make logic of something that's not logical. Right. So she said, okay, okay, since you're living there and I understand, so we'll, we'll just send them out. You don't have to turn off the electric and the water. So that's when they came and, you know, we had had them verify that there was, it didn't make any logical sense how there could be so much moisture in the house, but yet this meter, and I don't know what they're called, but they, it was registering absolutely zero moisture in that house, which made no sense. And the second part of the insurance part is that the insurance company, when this was all said and done after the exorcism, I called the insurance company and cause I had put in a claim because at the time we didn't know what we were getting into. Right. We, we had no idea really what was going to happen with any of this and how much damage was going to be done. And if we were going to move or if we were going to leave, we didn't know any of this. And so I called and, and, and was following up with the claim that I'd made. And I explained that we had, that the problem was fixed and that the only thing we really needed was kitchen carpet and some paint because where the water had ran down the wall, you had these water stains 
Right. And, and, and in one of the bedrooms upstairs, the same thing on the ceiling, you know how you get the water stains, right. even though it wasn't coming through continually, it was still there. And so it was like seven, 800 bucks. And I said, that's really all, all the, the damage that we have. And they said, well, well, what fixed it? And I said, well, I'm just going to tell you, cause I really don't care about the 800 bucks or whatever else. Uh, I said, it's, um, I said, we, we had, we had to have a priest come and we had a, a house exorcism and believe it or not, it's gone. And you know what the person said? I have to say that this still shocks me to this day. Whoever that representative was said to me, you know what? He said, I believe you. He said, I've experienced some things like that. And they paid us. They sent us a check because we had a house exorcism and it was fixed. That's cool. So I still think that's, that's, that's pretty funny. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. You don't, you don't hear that every day. <laughs> no, you don't hear that every day. No. Now, as you say, you felt it was a life lesson. And it probably was. I mean, people don't realize. And I went through this at my own house for a while there. Um, you know, we had some bad, and I'm not saying bad energy, like demonic energy. But, I mean, we were all arguing. And you go through all that. And it does leave a mark on the house. You know, the, 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 the siding it absorbs it. The inside of the house absorbs it. And I spent weeks going through the house with um, sea salt and putting them in every corner, you know, to mm -hmm. calm the energy down. And I think what people don't realize is turbulent energy could be a cause for, you know, to bring in stuff like what you went through. And just because you inadvertently, it would take something inadvertent like what you did to pray for help in the middle of all this chaos. And then it was just enough to, to call whatever that was in. And then people have to look out for that stuff. And I mean, people don't have to be happy, happy all the time, but they have to watch for kind of energy they're putting out in their homes and stuff. Yes. Clearing is something that is very important. And since all this has happened, I, I didn't go looking for it, but I've had people uh, ask me to, to clear their homes. And I have done that. Sometimes it's a little more than I want to get into. So I, mm -hmm. I pass, but it, um, it, it is possible to clear your house. You, you mm -hmm. can't keep an area completely clear all the time, but that's where it, you know, I just think of it as like spiritual hygiene, really. You know, we, we, we get showers, we brush our teeth every day, pretty much. <laughs> and so we, you know, we want to do the same thing with our, our energy field because it is like sticky tape. It attracts everything. Yes. And if you don't have up those, and it's not a border, it's not a wall that, that is, um, it's not something that you want to create like a boundary where people can't reach you and that you don't feel love and can't give love, but you, you, and to be compassionate toward people, you want to be able to feel that, but you also don't want to be in a position where you're picking up everything. And we hear that term, but we don't really realize how much it really affects every single thing we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and, it's just something there's there's things out there and people don't realize it but there's they like i said it could have been attached to your property it could have been something just passing through for all you know because there's things out there that are just around you that are just looking for an excuse to pop into a negative situation and it, it was you, you were just right for it at the time but you learned from it and that that was the important thing about it is you were able to learn from this and and what to do you know and, and, and how to switch your life around yes I have learned a lot since then and I continue learning. I, I love it. I'm actually out in Seattle right now. I'm going to a, a energy training out here. I've done a lot of different trainings and um, I, I do try to keep myself as clean as I can. And I, I'm like everyone else. I kind of let my guard down sometimes when I go in the store and, you know, you can just, um, you, you can pick up things just inadvertently, you know, in the elevator uh, just every day, I would say, just, you know, do your protection and, it doesn't matter. People, I have a lot of times I have people ask, how do I pray or what do I ask? And, and my answer to that is whatever you believe in, you know, whatever type of God or benevolent being or spirit that you want to reach out to, you're going to connect with, and you just have to trust that. And you get in that state of, of acceptance that you don't know everything and that you don't have to, and that, if your prayer is earnest and mm -hmm. you really, really are in that state of, um, I guess, surrender and, and just like, I was so despondent. I was absolutely at the end of my rope. When I said that prayer, I was desperate for change. I was like, I don't care what change. I just need something to happen. Mm -hmm. And I was in this vicious cycle 
And it wasn't just necessarily with my husband. It was with myself. I was in this vicious cycle with myself. I was like a dog chasing its tail and I couldn't stop. You know, it's, it's like that chocolate addiction or something. And, um, it, it, and this is a serious subject, but I, I, like I said, I think these things, I say sometimes funny things just because I, I think that humor has helped me deal. It it has. I mean, when you, you know, sometimes these things are very real and they're very serious, but also we have to look at things a little lightly sometimes and just be thankful. And I very much am, but just say the prayer and be honest and be, just be, you know, earnest. That's the word. Be earnest, diligent, and don't give up. And if you want change and, and you'll get it if you pray for it. And if you need protection, just trust that it's there. Protect yourself and also may, make wise, practical choices uh, not to do certain things. If you're around certain people that, you know, they're doing, you know, things that you're not comfortable with, you know, they're doing the Ouija board and you're, you're not feeling it or you're feeling really weird about it. You've right. got to learn to trust your gut because if you don't, no one else is going to watch out for you. Absolutely. The other thing I was going to point out too to people, uh, we were talking about your son here, seeing the, uh, cat, the, the chair move. That's one thing, you know, when, when we go into somebody's house to talk to them to find out what's going on in their house, that's one thing we ask if there's any heavy objects being moved. Because one, one of the rule of thumbs is that if, so, if something can push five pounds or more, then it's, then it's demonic. Okay. I, you know, I've never heard that before. It was actually my nephew. So it was my, I have one sister and it was my sister's son who had seen uh, the, saw the chair move several times and Mm -hmm. and also the the Mm -hmm. figures that were dark. My youngest son would see the figures that were dark. uh, One particular one that he called, like the way he described it to me was like a Grim Reaper type of figure. Like it was very, very large. Um, He didn't use that word because I don't even think he probably heard that word at seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, my oldest son is the one who had this sense of knowing, you know, the clear, clear, clear cognizance. Right, right. So different gifts were being opened up at this time. And I do look at it that way, that we were all just, we all had certain gifts. And sure. that's, that was part of our, the process for us to do that. That was absolutely. just part of our, our journey to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, a question I have is after the priest did the exorcism, were you told, because I know a lot, a lot of the time, um, the, the warning's out, don't mess with this, don't bring it back up, you know, because you could call it back in, you know, that stuff. So w- w- were you told anything like that? Because you turned around and, wrote, and started writing, you know, writing it down and everything. Ah, that's a very good question. And I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before on, on an interview. Uh, I have had that question. So we did have the garages because he had not blessed the garages. That's when that started. So once the house was over and he did the exorcism, he did have to come back and go around because he had not hit the garages because there hadn't been anything going on out there. So he did have to come back and do the blessings out there and, and tighten that up. And then that stopped. And that was about eight months after the house okay. exorcism. So from start to finish on the whole thing on, on all of the paranormal events, it was about eight, 10 months. Okay, so that was a long time when you think about it. But there was quite p- quiet period in between there. Um, I did not know about that law and that rule <laughs> at the time of bringing back in something. Mm-hmm. Um, I had definitely learned, you know, when I pray, um, I can pray angry. I'm allowed. That sure. was one thing. De- definitely. Um, God can take it. You know, he can take my anger and it's okay. But I also learned that that mostly out of that, there was this reverence and there was this awe because I then knew that there was something that was listening to me. Okay. So there was that, I didn't have to feel so angry, but as far as calling it back in, I guess I really wasn't afraid of that. I wasn't afraid to call it in. I had tried to pray it out myself and that did not work. And that's why I turned to the priest. Right. Um, I wasn't in the place in myself to do that. I didn't have the trust. I didn't have the faith. Uh-huh. And I didn't, ha- I wasn't, I wasn't clear enough and clean enough with my soul, with who I was to be able to do that. For one thing, I didn't have that connection to the divine in order to be able to do that at the time. Right. right. But that is a good question because I do notice that when certain things, like when I have, have started writing the book, um, there were, there were coincidences that would happen there were incidences, I should say, that would happen 
um, like, um, you know, a tote coming out of the closet, kind of flying out of the closet kind of thing. And I would have to, but I was very aware. And this wasn't the same house that I was writing this in. This was a completely different house, like three hours away. But I would realize that that energy can definitely be activated. And writing about things does activate it. Talking Mm -hmm. about it activates it. This podcast can activate it. Absolutely. Um, I've actually, I was at a, um, a foot reflexology class in Huntington, West Virginia. And I had been there for two days and we were on our third day and some, some people there wanted to bring, bring me to bring the book in because they had we've been talking about it. I, ha- I keep them in the trunk of my car. So I brought one in and we're sitting there and we hear water dripping. And I said, I turned around and someone else turned around and said, do you hear that? And they said, yeah, right behind me, water was dripping. And here comes the whole holiday and staff in the room upstairs right above us had started a leak now yes we could say that's that's just a coincidence that Mm -hmm. was going to happen anyway and but i'm just saying over and over and over again that type of thing definitely has happened to me like um at my writer's retreat you know i'm writing i'm getting calls to do podcasts or something like this time it didn't happen with with yours specifically but I did have it happen in the spring. There was a water leak on the other side. And they came in and they're like, we're looking for a water leak. We're hearing water downstairs. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, so um, I am an Aquarius. So I'm a water bearer. So that has some bearing on this. Uh, of course, I'm an air sign, but I'm a water bearer. So I have both energies and I have a lot of water energy. And I, I haven't figured out how to completely, I guess, control that. But being aware of it and staying clean, um, taking Epsom salt baths, doing your prayers, um, you know, saging, smudging, all of those things can help crystals, um, getting in a meditative state. And, um, there's certain, um, yogas that I do breathing yogas, breathing, um, certain uh, type of breathing work will help to clear your energy field and certain energy work that I do on myself. And that I still do with my, my, my lady, my coach. And that, that definitely helps. Your story is fascinating. It's fascinating from just hearing it. It's fascinating from my perspective being a paranormal investigator. <laughs> I can appreciate that. I really can. I, I try to hook up different places um, with, you know, energy uh, with the, the paranormal investigators. Um, that's how I met my Sasquatch buddy who saw Bigfoot. I was at the uh, Mothman Festival and I, I got put in the tent right beside of a, a bunch of paranormal investigators and and here's this guy, TJ Owen, and he's talking to me. And he, I didn't know they were staying at his cabin out in Ryan Grand. And so he's he's a good buddy of mine now. But he, I interviewed him on my podcast, which is called Life Speaks. I'm not doing it actively now. But I had interviewed him uh, because he had seen Bigfoot. So I didn't realize he had a team of people from Ohio that would come and stay at his cabin because it is, it's hot. Like it's a hotbed active. I don't even think anyone's ever tried to clear it. <laughs> It's just a lot going on out there at that place in Rio Grande. Absolutely. That's in Ohio, but. So what's next for you? Well, I am actually writing a self-help book, which kind of ties in a lot to what I've talked about and shared with you tonight is, you know, getting to know yourself, uh, getting to know what works for you, what you need to do with your life and, and kind of how to make it work. So uh, it's called the spirit cookbook. And I have a couple in mind. They're going to be kind of shorter, punchier books, but, um, one dedicated for relationships. Um, so they're going to be a little different. And uh, as you can tell, you know, it's, it's not just going to be all serious. I, I do like to incorporate humor into what I share with people because it lightens things up. It makes things not so scary. And it's just who I am. I'm just, I, I just kind of have an odd sense of humor. So I'm writing that self-help book and I just was working on that last week and I have a children's book coming out next month. I'm excited about that. But the main thing is with this um, Rain No Evil story is that it's going to be on Audible. And I, I actually read it myself. Um, I, I, first time I've read the book all the way through since I released it. And, you know, I got to share on George and Ori's Coast to Coast, uh, got to be on that show. And that was a crazy experience. Uh, you know, 2 million people and got to meet Les Brown. And right on. Uh, it's, there's just a, a lot of things that have happened that I'm just rolling with it. Because it's um, it's something that I think can help a lot of people when you know when they are open 
to the things that can happen. And once you do open the door and, and I don't mean open the door to just anything, but just open yourself and, and realize that we, none of us have all the answers. None of us do, but we all have our own experiences. And if you're open to that, you're going to be more susceptible to really experiencing all of these. You start putting the pieces together and really feeling like you're being led in life. So I, that that's my next step is just letting all releasing a lot of the stuff before the holidays. And my my website's michellezirkle.com. And that's kind of the hub site that leads you to the healing. Uh, I'm doing meditations now. I've cool. released my fourth meditation. Um, so it's like a, it's a healing guided meditation that I really love doing. I hear people, people tell me that they, I'm getting great feedback on it. So I love it. Um, so I'm, everything can be reached from michellezirkle.com. And you, there's also rainnoevil.com that you can go right to the book if you want. Fantastic. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I love the book. Thank you. I'm glad you got it. That's awesome. Oh, it. Yeah. I'm going to get back to it. Like I said, I ended up getting stuck with some business stuff and family stuff and all that. So I didn't get a chance to finish it off, but what I did read, fantastic. Thank it's you. Really, it's really nicely written and stuff. So I can't wait to get back in there, but thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Would love to have you on in the future, you know, to talk, talk, talk more to you about stuff and about your healing work and all that. So hopefully we can do that. Okay, absolutely. Thank you very much. I appreciate right. the, the opportunity to share my message. All right. Well, you have a good evening and thank you so much for coming on. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. That was Michelle Zirkel. What a story, huh? What a story. So yeah, if you're interested in her book, I'll have information for you on where you can get that and all that good stuff. I'll also have uh, her website posted for you guys and all that. Tomorrow, we're shifting gears a little bit. Tomorrow, Pastor Paul Begley is going to be with us. He's going to be talking about Bible prophecy and the end of times. Yikes. So he's going to be with us tomorrow night. And that'll be 6.30 p.m. Pacific, the usual time. But I want to thank everybody for coming, my usual crowd, and the new people that came to watch the show. I appreciate each and every one of you. Again, if you're watching from Facebook and you like the show, please be sure to follow. Uh, you know, check out my Instagram at ghostygal all lowercase. Please be sure to follow over there. And TikTok. TikTok's another place California Haunts Radio hangs out. Got a bunch of really kind of fun videos over there. So check us out on TikTok. It's California Haunts, all lowercase. And if you're watching from YouTube and you like what you see, like I said, there's there's more than 450 videos over there. Go ahead and subscribe. It's that little ghost down in the bottom right-hand corner. Anyway, I want to thank you guys. And here we go. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, Share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here. So, uh, you know, that's what I mean. If, if you hated the show, it's a good thing to share with your enemies, right? Okay. Um, but I, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming. And, uh, yeah, check us out at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. And our website is, Cal is CaliforniaHaunts.org. Uh, but the issue is I'm still I'm, I'm on a rebuild on that. Uh, so that'll be a couple weeks before I get that rebuilt. So if you really want to contact us, get us through the radio website. But I, again, I appreciate you all, each and every one of you that have followed us all this time, including everybody that listens to our podcast version of the show. It's really, it's really kind of cool. So I'm going to say goodnight now, and I will see you guys. I, I will give you her information, and then I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. with Pastor Paul Begley. So here we go. MichelleZirkle.com, and uh, again, the website for the book. It's coming up as well, so give me a second. And that is Rain No Evil. You can get the book from there. Plus, I've got our other books lifted here, listed here. The Emerald Island Elixir. Over the River and Through the Woods. And Shell House. We've got Into the Woods and Love on the Edge. And you can get those at her website and also at Amazon. They're available. Okay. So, uh, and I think it's better on her website because the money goes directly to her instead of being getting a cut over to Amazon. Anyway, thanks guys. And I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 PM Pacific. Have a great evening. <laughs>